I'm greeting you with. It's Friday, but uh, it's been a bumpy week to say the least, and so I've had a variety of obstacles that I've had to climb my way over, and so I finally saw some time, a window in time to be able to sit down in front of the mic and and uh, ruminate out loud about a variety of things that I have <clears throat> bouncing around in my head. I am Dr. Ray Mitch, your host. You are listening to the Psych Monologues, which is a podcast devoted to exploring our journey toward wholeness and living in truth and grace, all the while embracing the profound mystery of our relationship with God, with ourselves, and with each other. The Psych Monologues came into existence uh, in response to uh, the pandemic. As a matter of fact, I I found myself um, in April, uh, at least four years ago, not really, but it sure, certainly feels that way, uh, feeling the need to, to continue some conversation or at least some monologues as it came to be known about a variety of topics in, in psychology and faith and all of that area, that whole domain. Uh, and it was a way to uh, stay connected to the students that I was uh, saying goodbye to and a variety of other things that came along with that whole kind of endings that we had. I was in the midst of doing a grief and loss class and it seemed like an appropriate way really to reflect on some of the, the lessons and things that I, I oftentimes talk about even in my classes and so it morphed into an ongoing weekly podcast that is now known as the Psych Monologues. And I, I uh, take on all sorts of topics um, that uh, seem to be pressing. And uh, we certainly have uh, a lot going on in our culture and, and even in our lives that I think are intertwined. And so some of the topics hopefully that I address uh, are dual pronged in the sense of of how do we cope with and, and uh, meet the challenges of living in the culture that we do and also the impact that it has on our relationships with each other. So that's, that's a, a long, um, drawn-out way to describe what I'm after. If you, you're just tuning in or listening to the podcast, I am Dr. Ray Mitch. I'm a professor of psychology at Colorado Christian University. Uh, I'm also the chair of the psychology department there, and I have been there for 13 years. I've done teaching before that and, and worked in mission agencies and, and a career that has spanned four decades of uh, talking with people and, and walking through my own uh, wastelands in my own heart and finding things there that hopefully will be of some benefit as we continue this conversation. Uh, in talking about the issues of the day and even the issues of our lives. So that's, uh, that's what we're at. That's what we're trying to do tonight. Uh, and uh, uh, what I want to try to address, and I've entitled this thing Hopes, Dreams, and Expectations, partly because I've been having a fair amount of uh, conversations with a variety of people um, about this thing called expectations. And Oftentimes, uh, we bump into problems with expectations. I, I, you know, we go into a situation, uh, we go into a relationship with somebody, and we enter it with certain expectations as to how it will proceed, 
um, how they will relate to us, how we will, will relate. All of that is really part of this complex of things that we refer to as expectations. The challenge is, is that oftentimes our expectations don't match reality. And when they don't, really, that's where the rubber meets the road is, is what do I do when my expectations don't match reality, which also comes under this heading of hopes and dreams. I think oftentimes what um, informs our expectations are the dreams we have, which aren't really anything other than what we, and we use the word hope. But I mean, if I have a dream for someone, let's just say one of my grandsons, and I have a dream that they grow up to be men of, of integrity, men of maturity, who can think critically, who have a high degree of emotional intelligence, which they've got a really long way to go on that one. Of course, one's only six. So literally and figuratively, that's the case. And that's my dream for them, for them to know Jesus in a way that is life-changing, that doesn't fit the cultural expectations of what a Christ follower might be, more that their relationship with Jesus is so uniquely individual that, that it draws people to want to know them more. And so those are all dreams, and dreams inform how I interact with them and the things that I point out to them. And and that's they're not they they don't exist yet. It's a dream, it's a thing that I look forward to, and it's anchored in the future. Now, when you go into hopes, hopes is another area, and and there's a lot of overlap between dreams and hopes. Hopes, you know, I uh, I have a saying that I often say about hope that actually comes from. Uh, I believe it's a British writer that hope springs eternal in the breast of man, which sounds really poetic and, and, and true, generally. But I've adapted that to my own version of it, which says hope's, hope's dream, uh, hope springs eternal in the minds of idiots and fools. Now, I'm not throwing anybody into that bag or that category, but in a lot of cases... I might go so far as to say that oftentimes our hopes in terms of relationships and the people we interact with and, and so forth often blind us from seeing what reality is. As a matter of fact, these hopes end up becoming more important to us than the actual reality of what we're dealing with and interacting with, whether that's in relationships or whatever it is. And that's that's why I have that saying that I use because there's a fair amount of skepticism that I have developed over the years. And I, I have gone years struggling with this idea of, for example, in the Christian world, that, that Jesus is my hope. That sounds really good, very churchy, very Christianly. And while that may be true in the big T sense, the the, the truth that is universal and applicable to any everybody, I'm not sure what that translates into in terms of my relationship with other people or in, in terms of my relationship even with myself for that matter. Because a lot of times we, I, I've heard people say, well, we can hope and pray that something else will happen, whatever that is. 
And yet, that, that sounds closer to wishful thinking on my part, to me, my ears, than anything else. And I, I don't, I wrestle with it. I honestly, I wrestle with it, which you can probably hear in my voice is, is I can hope for something but that hope shouldn't hold me hostage from dealing with reality as it really is. Not as I would have it, but as it really is. Which also impacts and also contributes to the whole idea of expectations. Hopes, dreams, expectations. We bring them all into our relationship with other people. And we have this hope that somebody will be safe, let's say. And I keep interacting with them based on the hope that they will be safe. But at the same time, what ends up happening is that they, they continue not to act safe. They, they don't handle my no with respect. They, when I say no to them, they, they try to see it. They see it as a challenge to overcome and try to talk me out of it. And I say, well, I hope, I hope that they can finally be safe. Well, that's great, but hope doesn't change anything. And that's what leads us to expectations, and that's what I want to spend the rest of my time talking about, is that expectations can either be in the, the category of hope, and it, so it's, it's blue sky. It's, it's, I, I don't have anything really to build that hope on if I'm not going to anchor it on the way things really are. So what ends up happening is I interact with the person based on my hope for how things will be rather than with how things really are. So expectations do a lot of the same things. And, and oftentimes I will point this out to people and usually their response is, well, then I just won't have any expectations. The irony is, is we can't live without expectations. It's impossible. God has designed a system of senses and perceptions and experiences and um, conclusion, all of that as a means of giving us the capacity to adapt well to our environment. And so for someone to say, I just won't have any expectations, it's fundamentally impossible. You, You just can't do that. So I, you know, even tonight, as I sit down and I, I have an expectation for the quality by which I do this podcast, how I handle my words, how I say things smoothly, how I, how I um, uh, convey my ideas, all of that. And when I get it finished and I look back, I may or may not fulfill my expectations of it, which means that the expectations inform uh, and direct my efforts, but they can't be so dictatorial and rigid that if I don't hit them, I have failed. Which brings me to the other point, uh, the other issue in here when we're talking about expectations, and that is how tightly will we hang on to expectations? Because those expectations, if we hang on very, very tightly, sooner or later, they begin to change. They begin to morph. And what they morph into is not just an expectation of what might happen, but a demand into what should happen. And when that happens, 
then I am going to be at odds with, uh, with whatever the reality is. As a matter of fact, I will be at such odds with whatever the reality is, is that oftentimes I'm drawn into trying to change the reality to fit my demand of how it should be. Now, you drag that into a relationship with someone who you have a quote-unquote expectation when in fact it's a demand that they we need them to be a particular way and we will continue to operate and impact and influence and <clears throat> dare I say it even manipulate in order to get these expectations slash demands met and that's problematic because sooner or later when expectations harden into demands then demands fuel control and control fuels a power struggle between two people between one who wants to make the person into something to match what their expectations are and the other person doing everything they can to counter the control that is being impacted on them. And the one thing I will say unequivocally is the moment power and control becomes part of a relationship is the moment that relationship will cease to have intimacy. Now, we can engage in behaviors that look like intimacy, but that doesn't make for intimacy, not to mention the fact that I would, I would challenge that as intimacy. Because intimacy that is a trade, I will trade you one thing, and let's put it in really bald terms. I'll trade my body for your uh, not leaving me. Or I will trade enabling, overlooking some of your bad behaviors just so that you don't leave me. And just so that I can keep somebody part of my life that I need to figure out who I am in the midst of that. See, that's, that's the deal with expectations is oftentimes they were originally meant to allow us to adapt to a situation or an environment with certain preconceived, healthily preconceived expectations of what might happen. And then when I enter the situation or the relationship with someone and those happen, I'm that much further ahead. I'm that much more able to engage whatever that would be, the relationship or whatever that would be. On the other hand, if, it, if the expectations don't get met, then I can adapt to that world too because now I see mm, that's not working. I need to adapt and go to an, in another direction. Now let me, let me bring this down to something concrete because I suspect people are sitting out there saying, yeah, I get this. Sounds very abstract. It sounds very out there. And I can, I can assent to it. I can uh, say, yeah, I get that, but I, I don't really know how that works. And I'll tell you the most common thing that I have had uh, conversations w over the years with students, and that is their relationships with a certain parent. And they, it, would, you name the parent. I'm, I'm not going to say mom or dad, whichever that would be. And they desperately want a good relationship with this parent. 
and they continue in this relationship with this parent to, to act in a way that can secure the image of the kind of parent they want. But they don't interact with the reality of the parent that they have. Now, there's a problem here when that happens. And I'll tell you what the obstacle is. If I surrender to the reality of the person that I'm in a relationship with, then I experience a certain level of loss in losing the image of what I want them to be. And I'm sure that if I let go of that image, there is no hope. There is no chance, you know, as the old saying goes, no a snowball's chance in hell. There's no chance of that ever being achieved. Forget about the fact that all of my efforts to this point has not achieved that anyway. So I, I'm, I'm caught on the horns of a dilemma because either I go this direction, let go of the image of, of the ideal parent person that I want to be in relationship with and deal with them and interact with them and relate with them on the basis of who they are right now, right in front of me and develop the kind of boundaries maybe I need to have or develop the kind of relationship I need to have that's a little bit more guarded, maybe more wary because they really haven't shown me their their ability to be trustworthy in handling my emotional, you know, the things that I share emotionally or whatever that might be. And I'm I I I can I it doesn't is not an all or nothing. It's not an all or nothing. It's not like, okay, I just don't have any relationship at all. That's just like saying, I'm not going to have any expectations at all. Because if we do an all or nothing thing, we're giving away the, the vehicle by which we might actually achieve what we hope to, but we can't achieve it alone. To have a close, strong relationship with another person, there ha- it has to be forged and both people have to forge it. That doesn't always happen. And hopes don't make it happen. Dreams certainly don't make it happen. Expectations can work to my advantage if I, I calibrate my expectations to the reality of who the person is right now, not the reality of the person I want them to become. But what does that mean? What that ends up meaning is, is who am I going to trust? Because if I'm not, if I'm going, not going to lapse into the controlling thing, then, then who am I going to trust? Because they, I, I can't trust the other person to follow through because they haven't. They've shown no evidence of that. So I can't trust them. So who am I going to trust? Well, as odd as it sounds, ultimately, we trust God with that person's heart because ultimately he's the only one that can change that heart. And I interact and I enter into this relationship honestly with clear boundaries, with a clear sight of the kind of person I'm in relationship with, as hard as it is. And I don't play all or nothing thing with a relationship. I will take the relationship that I have, not the relationship I wish to have, 
And I allow that to grow. I allow God to move somebody else's heart. I allow all of those things to happen, which I can't predict. Because ultimately, it's a truism that if we keep doing what we've always done, we will keep getting what we've always gotten. And that's true in relationships, and that's where expectations get in our way. They blind us, and they they hold us hostage because the expectations now become hopes. Those are the words we use. And I, I can live in the reality as it is. I may not like it. I don't really have to like it, but I have to adapt to it if I choose. I don't have to. I mean, I've, I've talked to way more people than I can count who've just refused to adapt to the reality as it is. And they end up disappointed all the time. Not because the, the reality is disappointing, but because they have set themselves up with expectations that will never get met. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know whether they'll get met or not. But up until this point, they haven't gotten met and just hoping for them will not make it so. There might be a greater chance of those getting met if I relate to the person as they are, not as I would have them, and allow that to work in my relationship to get as much of a relationship as I can with the limits that exist between me and the other person or from the other person and their unwillingness to move into any other place or whatever that might be. And as hard as that is, the relationships oftentimes grow on the basis of reality, not on the basis of hopes. The thing is, is I end up having to trust God with the future. And I, most of us, myself included at times, I'm not so sure I want to do that. I would rather, I would rather, as the old saying goes, I would rather have a known demon than an unknown angel. The angel is the unknown future. The demon is the known present. And I know the rules. I know how it works. I know what hurdles to jump. I know what ropes to pull on for the tug of war. I know all of that stuff, and I always know how it will turn out. On the other hand, I move into entrusting this person and my future by handling and interacting with them as they are. I There's no predicting how that goes. But there is one thing I can predict, and that is the choices I have to make about how I'm going to handle my own heart how I'm going to protect my own heart. Remember Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. You have a well, you will do everything you can to keep it clean and keep it protected. That's what we're called to do with our own hearts. And just because somebody says they're safe doesn't make them safe. We should be able to see the evidence of their safety before, before we open open more of my well and more of my heart to that person. That's justified. That's sane. But we engage in a lot of insanity. Everybody does. You know, as as the old AA saying goes, we, we keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So here's the challenge that I'll just leave you with, and that is, what are the nature 
of the dreams and hopes and expectations you have of the key relationships in your lives. Are they built on the reality of the person or persons as they are? Or are they built on, I will do everything I can to make them into the person I want them to be? And then we bump into, do I trust God with my future? And I would encourage you to make an honest assessment and statement about that based on how you have done this stuff that I'm talking about. Dreams, hopes, expectations. Because if we look back at our behavior, generally the answer is, no, I haven't. I haven't. And I, I have a greater chance of, stating, of changing something if I deal with it as it is. I cannot change that which I am unwilling to accept the reality of what it is. I can't change that. Because it doesn't exist. So <clears throat> there's your challenge for the evening, maybe for the week. If that is helpful and, and gives you a target to, to evaluate and think through your relationships for this week, by all means do so. We will uh, uh, engage again uh, and I will be back, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I will be back on Friday as usual at the end of this week with a new topic hopefully that will... Um, be challenging, provocative, and hopefully interesting enough for you to come back. So that's it for tonight. A couple things to remind you of uh, at the end, as I have always been doing through each of the podcasts, is uh, please follow us on the website at drmitch.com. Uh, you can follow us there. You can follow us on Instagram at at uh at the psych monologues, all one word, no spaces. The psych monologues, monologue is spelled M-O-N-O-L-O-G-U-E-S. Uh, you can subscribe there or follow us there. Um, and also just uh, subscribe at, at Podbean, raymitch.podbean.com. Get the player downloaded and every time a new uh, podcast is released, it'll be downloaded to your player and, and you can... Uh, uh, revel in whatever insanity I want to share for that week. So subscribe to us there uh, or on the website or on Instagram. Obviously, it also shows up at uh, on Facebook as well. I'm not hanging out much there anymore, partly because of just the, the insanity of everything that, that is uh, coming up uh, with the aftermath of this election and everything else. I'm... I, the, I, I check it just to see how things are going, but I really don't spend a lot of time there. But you are certainly welcome to follow us there as well. Uh, the the podcast also and the website also feeds into LinkedIn uh, as well. And uh, so any of those social media channels, feel free to, to join us there. Also, I would um, encourage you that if you're, if you're interested and willing to consider partnering with us to continue to grow the scholarship fund for students to go on a silent retreat uh, through CCU that I and, and uh, my co-leader leads. We have one coming up in April, uh, April 8th through the 11th, 2021. Uh, hopefully we can begin to get this year into the rearview mirror enough to uh, recover. I, 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 I don't know whatever recover means at this point. So 
So a few things just to mention at the end and to consider, and if you decide to partner with us, please uh, uh, go to the website, go to uh, click on CCU, go down to the silent retreats, and uh, you can see the GoFundMe site that we have set up to be able to uh, uh, collect funds to support the scholarship fund for students to go. Uh, I think that's it for tonight. Thank you so much for joining me and spending a, a short while on this Sunday evening. And as always, love you. Later. Later.